And uh, we are going to go right into the word of the Lord uh, tonight. This is part two of last Wednesday's uh, lesson, and uh, we're going to just kind of continue on. I believe that God had some more uh, things that he is wanting to say to us concerning the topic of God being at work. And I, you know, I asked the question, or I, I uh, kind of was on this topic last uh, Wednesday towards the end, but there's uh, some things that motivate us in personal prayer that, you know, what, did it, what is it that causes me to want to pray more? And I know what my answer is, and I even said it last Wednesday, is that what motivates me more than anything is knowing that God answers prayer. And so when I, I know that there's a, an answer to prayer, and I know it was God, there's no doubt about it. Uh, you know, no man can do the things that God does, and it couldn't be orchestrated by uh, the hand of flesh. But you know that it's the hand of the Lord. And when that happens, uh, there's just a, a hunger to see more of it. And we are compelled and drawn uh, to our prayer closet or our time of prayer and just say, God, you know, you did that, and I'm excited about it. My faith is uh, uh, very strong right now. But, Lord, fervently, I know that there's other things here that I believe that you can do as well. And so that's, I believe, a, a great motivator. Probably the number one motivator, no doubt, is answered prayer. But then the other motivation many times, and I, I have found this uh, as well, and maybe at different points of my life, this has been number one, uh, but when there's a need and you know that you're desperate and you're, you're just, uh, whether it be a, a need for work or family, and you're just desperate for the hand of the Lord to come in and, and intervene. And so that's a motivator, isn't it? It'll cause you to get on your knees. I mean, we love our kids. We love our family. We love our church. Uh, we love our friends. So many times we are compelled to, to be drawn to our knees and begin to pray. But, but I start thinking about both of those uh, answers, whether it be, you know, over answered prayers to be a motivator or uh, the, the need for just something in general for our lives that hasn't been answered yet. Really, the sum total of both of these is that we need a move of God in our lives. So whether it's been answered or not been answered, we know that in order for us to, to get where we want to or, or to, uh, you know, have that testimony, we need the hand of the Lord. We've got to have his intervention. So uh, when we pray for a need and God answers that need, I think that, that we are motivated. And in fact, at the end of the, the lesson last Wednesday, I asked for some testimonies of those who have had answered uh, prayers and, and seeing God at work in your own lives. And, and I know there's more, and we're going to end that way too. If there's, I know there's a couple more uh, that want to testify about the greatness of the Lord. But as we begin to look at these things and we begin to pray, we have a, we have a feeling that, you know, if God has done that for them, he doesn't love them any more than he loves me. The Bible says that he is no respecter of person. So if God is going to intervene and, and take care of the, the, the wants or the needs of my brother or my sister, you better believe that he can do the same thing for me as well. Now, I started looking at uh, the, the lesson. I, I was looking at the scripture of what I taught on last week and how Moses at the top of the mountain, literally he raised up the rod and and what he did, it wasn't the magic or the, the supernatural uh, rod. You know, sometimes we want to spiritualize the natural, you know, the anointed oil or the, the laying on of hands, uh, uh, the prayer cloth. It's, the, the power is not in those items. Those are only symbols of the power of God. And so whenever Moses was lifting up his, his rod, it had nothing to do with him dictating according to a powerful rod. It was God moving through that rod or whatever it represented. We know that the source is, is God. And so as in prayer, whenever he's praying, his prayer was dictating that battle. 
He was the one that was in charge of the way the battle was going to go. He took authority. He's the one that believed. He's the one who had the faith that, that God, your word says it. You told me that, that you're, you're powerful and you're always going to be with us to protect us. So I'm going to dictate this battle. I'm going to be the one that's going to be in control of what's going to happen here according to my faith, according to my prayers. Now, Malachi 3 and 10, it says, Prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. And I believe this. I truly believe that as long as we are testifying about the greatness of God, as long as we are talking about the greatness of God, as long as we are we're bragging about the greatness of God, I truly believe that the windows of heaven will continue to be open for the individual saints of God. But if we're not willing to testify, and we kind of like accept the, and I'm not test, talking about testifying in a group setting, but I mean just talk about or recognize the greatness of God. I'm not saying you've got to tell everybody or you've got to verbalize everything that God does. It's, it's good to do that. It builds other people's faith. But we need to at least recognize that these blessings that are coming from God uh, are, are literally from, He's the source. You know, we, we, we even say it, these blessings are from God. Well, we need to recognize they truly are without taking credit ourselves, amen, other than our faith and our belief and our, our childlike faith to know that our Father loves us that much and He's going to take care of us. But as we testify or as we regard His greatness, the Bible says that those windows of heaven will be opened up and He will pour out blessing after blessing upon His people. How many believe that today? Amen. amen. I truly believe that. So as Moses directed this battle through prayer, I think that we can also navigate our lives through prayer. There's a lot of battles. There's a lot of unknown. There's a lot of things lurking in the shadows that we don't even know exist out there. You know, our greatest testimonies, I think, are though the things that haven't happened to us that we don't even know about. Amen? Where God kept us safe in, in times that, that we didn't even know that there was an accident ahead or behind us that, that we could have been involved with or, or maybe a store that we were at or some kind of uh, a deal that was taking place at that very moment that God says, you know, you regard me so much that I don't even have to let you know how good I am. Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost here. In other words, God, I know you're good at all times. Whether you, whether you manifest your power and show yourself or not, God, you are great and you are greatly to be praised. In other words, God, you are, you are full of majesty. You are full of awe. Amen. I'm full of awe of your greatness. And whenever you begin to, to move or whether you don't move, God, I know that you are in charge of all things. And so when we recognize how great God is, he doesn't even have to let us know that he does things for us. Amen? Uh, let me tell you this. As a loving parent, do you tell your kids about everything you do for them? Do you feel like you have to say, well, I, I did your underwear last night, washed your socks this morning, I cooked you dinner last week, and then every time you do something for them, you want credit or you want it to be known that you did that for them. You do it because you love them. Amen? You do that because they regard you as being their mom and dad, that, they're gonna, that you're going to take care of them no matter what. That's the way God is. That's the relationship that we have with him. But we have to understand that, God, I've got a, an appreciation at all times for your greatness. And whether I get my specific need or want, many times it's a want, met or not, God, I'm still going to worship you. I'm still going to regard you as being the King of kings and the Lord of lords. 
Amen. I want to look at three possible reasons for unanswered prayers. Now, these reasons go beyond uh, the, it maybe not perhaps being God's will. There's some things whenever we pray that just are not the will of God. All right. And we need to recognize that when we come to the Lord and we, we are locked in that we want this to happen and we get our hopes up and we can almost just taste it. This is, the, this is the will of God. How could it not be the will of God? You know, we rationalize in our mind that no matter what, uh, there's no way that this couldn't be the will of God. I don't care. Even those things, we still need to say, God, I loosen these things to you. I want your will to be done. Or it could be that uh, maybe it's not the appropriate time or maybe it's uh, inappropriate needs that we're asking for or wants that we're asking for. These things go beyond this, okay? Th those are sovereign uh, moves of God and uh, uh, answers to prayer that only God can have the, the ability to say yes or no, okay? The, this has nothing to do with, with us. It has everything to do with God's will being done, amen? And I want God's will to be done no matter what, amen? No matter what it is, you know, there's, and we'll be tested with that statement right there. There's some things that's very obvious that would be nice and wonderful, and it, if it doesn't happen, it would be a terrible thing for me personally, but I want you to know I still want the will of God. I don't want to feel good and be out of the will of God. Come on. I want, I want the specific will of God, not the permissive will of God. And the permissive will of God is sometimes fun and wonderful and entertaining and blessed and all that. But I'd rather be in the specific will of God. Come on, apostolics. I would rather be in the specific will of God than to be in the permissive, joyful will of God or the happy will of God. You understand what I'm saying? Sometimes the specific will of God is not a, the most happy place, but it's the best place for you to be in at the time. Now, you take the, the big picture, whether it be in this life or eternity, and we'll look back and say, God, you knew what was best. Now, there may be things that happen till the day we die that we'll never understand why it happened. Hey, I'm, I'm talking to you right now about the reality of life and death and things that happen that I, I cannot give a, a, an answer for some things that I have seen. I can't do it. But I do know one thing. I still want the specific will of God. I want his perfect will to be accomplished in my life. But it's unlikely every one of our prayers, you know, whenever we're praying, and, and this is the deal, I want to talk to those that maybe have not had any of your prayers answered lately. Or maybe you've got a, a streak going, and it just seems like none of your prayers are being answered. Now, don't shake your heads, because I'm going to talk about some things. I don't want you to inadvertently admit to some things I'm going to talk about, and it may apply. That's why I'm teaching it. So I don't want you to give yourself away, but, but I think we've all been there, right? We can all raise our hands there. So, but maybe you're on a, just a, a, a losing streak when it comes to prayer. And every one of them that you have just brought to the Lord just seems like a slam door no. It's not going to happen. But we can't say that every one of those prayers are inappropriate or not God's will. All right, especially certain prayers that we are praying for God to open up doors for us and, you know, and, and just to, you know, uh, do greater things in our lives. Those are appropriate. In fact, those are God's will. But what is it that could be keeping uh, those things from not taking place in our lives? Now, usually when someone's prayers are rarely answered, and I use the word rarely, uh, they wanted to know what is wrong with God. But I'm here to tell you there's nothing wrong with God. 
Amen? Don't ever, ever fall into that trap of making it personal about Him. Don't ever say, I just don't, what's wrong with God? Well, there's nothing wrong with Him. He doesn't even have a bad day. He may get annoyed at us sometimes and disappointed, but He doesn't have a bad day because He has all power. Right? He's omnipotent. He's got all that power. He's got everything that we could ever think of that he's got the ability to, to change things around. He can alter things. He can keep things the same, whatever. God has all power. So God is never the power, the problem. There's nothing wrong with, with God. But there are times that we need to look in the mirror and see that perhaps that we may be the problem. Can I say that? Amen? I can say it to myself for sure. I believe I can say it to you as your pastor. There are times that you need to look in the mirror and say, you know what, I see the problem and this problem looks a lot like me. <laughs> See, we look in the Word of God, and that's the reflection of who we are. It's a mirror. And, and so when we begin to look in the, the, the Word of God, and then we start looking at who we are, sometimes we don't really like what we see. Because according to the Word, the Word is truth. The Word is forever settled. So, so our measuring stick has to be according to God's Word. And if we don't measure up to God's Word, then we have to say, Right here. This is the deal. This is the problem right here. It's not the problem with the Word, not the problem with God, not the problem with everybody else, but this is the problem right here if we are not lining up, lining up to, the, to the Word of God. Now, the most common cause of unanswered prayers is, number one, is prayerlessness. We have not because we ask not. That's the number one. See, we can talk and we can, you know, analyze that problem and talk about it and have goals and aspirations and, and have all these things in place and, and try to figure out exactly how they are to be attained. And there's nothing wrong with goal setting. I'm all about that. There's nothing wrong with dreaming. There's nothing wrong with being the best that you can possibly be. But the problem is, is that we, we go the opposite direction and we, we put a lot of effort into it. It has nothing to do with effort or laziness. But sometimes we'll read more books than we will spend time with the Lord. Amen? Sometimes we'll, we'll need more counsel and maybe a, a friend some, you know, lay some advice out or, or get some advice from them than it is than laying our burdens and casting them before the Lord. Sometimes we, we have all these other things in place that we're looking at the self-help books. We're, we're claiming the biblical promises, and we're, we're, we're preaching them. We're saying them, but we're really not praying. We're not talking about that, that self-discipline moment where we say, God, I'm going to fall to my knees. I'm going to get on my knees, and I'm going to cast my cares upon you. Amen. And the motivation ought not to be when we're desperate and we don't have any other options. See, the, the problem is, that how many times have we uh, been part of the when all else fails club in our prayer? You know, is if all else fails, then, man, I'm going to get on my knees. I'm going to pray like I've never prayed before. But what if we just pray like we've never prayed before, before we put all of our efforts into place? And say, God, you know, I'm going to just cut to the chase right now. I need your will. 
You know, I've got a desire here. I'm, a, I'm not going to be bashful about it. I'm not going to try to work it out on myself like God can't handle it, like God needs a break or something, and say, Lord, this is the need right here. Now, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that. It's not according to my lack, and, my lack of faith in you, but, God, I'm going to do my part. I'm going to live within the realm of, of faith without works is dead, and I'm going to make sure that I do my part. But, Lord, I'm just going to cast my burdens upon you right now at the very beginning, and then you lead me on what you want me to do. Instead of say, God, I'm going to do what I want to do, and then you take care of the problem, or you take care of the need. God says, no, bring it to me first, and I will lead you, and I'll direct you. I'll show you what to do, and my way is better than your way. I can guarantee you right now, God's way is better than your way. Come on now. I'm not trying to insult you or anything, but, but your way is not even close to God's way. Your way stinks compared to God's way. All right, this, some of you might be getting mad. My way stinks compared to God's way. Is that better? See, that's the thing. If, if we think that we can outdo God or we can outshine him or we don't need to be spiritual or pray or, or bring things to the Lord, then guess what? We're not going to get the supernatural intervention of the Holy Ghost because we have not because we ask not. All right. Now, why pray? When I can worry, why pray when I can work myself to almost to death trying to get what I need without anybody else's help or, or God's help? No, that's not the plan of God. We need to bring things to the Lord. And so as we pray, we need to pray earnestly for our families. Every day we ought to bring our families to the Lord and say, God, I don't know what they're facing right now. I, I don't know where they're at. I don't know exactly what's uh, coming their way. I don't know what's around the corner. I don't know what spirits are after them right now. So, Lord, I'm going to plead the blood of you over my family from the very beginning of the day. Lord, I want you to cover them that they'll be protected in your love. We need to also pray for our church. We need to pray that God will bring people, amen, that have needs to be saved and bring them to the house of the Lord and say, God, not only do I pray that you'll send them, Lord, but I'm going to talk to them. I'm going to pray with them. I'm going to minister to them. I'm going to do my part, God, but I just need you to send people that are ready to live for you. That's the will of God. I think that that's the passion that we need to pray that people receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It's not just about my four and no more. It's not just about my family and what I'm trying to do here. But God, I want your perfect will to be done. And so as we begin to pray and ask God to intervene, I believe that God has a desire, praise God, where he begins to satisfy our desires. Amen. Our needs. And, and if we don't have a desire for that, say, God, give me a desire to pray for my family. Give me a desire, Lord, to pray for souls. Give me a desire that I can pray for revival, that God will send people that are hungry, that were in the same boat that I was in, that they can receive what I have. Amen. And I believe that God will give us that burden like we've never had uh, before. But we have to be in that growth mode, expect greater things, not, not being satisfied where we're at, but expecting God to do greater things. That's prayer, prayerlessness would be number one. I think the second reason for unanswered prayer is probably the, the most obvious, and maybe that's uh, what you're thinking I'd say first, would be unconfessed sin. There's nothing more hampering to a prayer life than sin that is not being dealt with. Let me read in Isaiah 59 and 2. The word says, but your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear ineffective, if, if there's sin going on, if there's known sin going on, unrepented sin, 
going on, then your prayers do not have that power to be answered. Let me illustrate like this. I, I remember a number of years ago, I had a, I had a, a mower that sat all winter, and evidently the, the gas just wasn't uh, really good. And I don't know if maybe a little water got in there or what, what the, the problem was, but it lost its octane. And I mean, I was pulling on that thing trying to get it to start. I did everything I could. But come to find out, it had bad gas in it. It had no octane in the, in the gasoline, so it had no power uh, to fire up. I'm telling you, whenever we live for God and we're, we're walking this path and we're doing the best we can, you know, supposedly, and everybody thinks we are, but there is unconfessed sin, there's going to be a problem with the answered prayer. If you know to do good and you do it not, to him it is sin. So if there are some things in the Word of God that you know for a fact that you are violating time and time again. Now, this sounds harsh, and I'm not always this harsh, but, but I'm, I'm going to teach the Word of God no matter what. That doesn't bother me at all. But, but I want you to know that those things, and maybe I'm talking to maybe one person, maybe no, nobody here, but there may be a time if you have problems with your prayers being answered, if you have sin in your life, that might be number one. That might be the number one problem. But I prayed. It's not prayerlessness, Pastor. I pray about this all the time. Well, I believe you. I believe you. Well, could it be number two? Is there something that you're not confessing? Is there, is there a problem in your heart that you're not dealing with? Is there some disobedience? Is there something unconfessed that you're not dealing with that would keep you from being in a, in a realm or have that power to have your prayers answered? It's a good question. And I'm not talking about making a mistake in a day. You know me better than that. Everybody is going to make mistakes. But I'm talking about a repeated problem that might be in your heart and your life that would cause you not to be able to have that prayer answered. I wouldn't, I, and, and this is the deal, I wouldn't even be concerned about an answered prayer. I'd be more concerned about my salvation. Amen? Eternity is a long time to mess around with the things of this world. I know that's, that's saying it pretty heavy, but it's a, it's a truth. My, my job is that we can all get there. I want to go to heaven more than anything else. My responsibility is I can go to heaven. But then I've got to take as many people with me as I possibly can. And if we have unconfessed sin in our hearts, the Bible says that we will not go to heaven. I mean, it's just very, I mean, I could name sin after sin where it says that you will not uh, be able to enter the kingdom of God. Uh, you'll be, you'll be uh, in outer darkness. I mean, there's many descriptions on describing uh, what, what the lack of heaven is, which is hell. And, that, and uh, many, of that, many, many of that has to do with the unconfessed sin. Micah chapter 6 and verse number 8 says, He hath showed thee, O man, what is good and what doth the Lord require of thee but to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with thy God. So if you're tolerating sin, don't even, don't even waste your breath praying until you get things right. You might say, oh, that's pretty bold, Pastor. You're, you're, you're overstepping the line. It must be that new pulpit. It's causing you to get a little bold here. <laughs> Come on. Well, let me read the scripture and see what the word of God has to say. Matthew 5.23 says, Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar, and thou rememberest that thy brother hath aught against thee, leave there thy gift before the altar, and go thy way. First be reconciled to thy brother, and then come and offer thy gift. Not only do you have that responsibility of you being offended, but if you know they are offended with you, you've got that obligation. Man, God doesn't miss anything, does he? 
I'm not mad at them. Well, the Bible still, if you know they're mad at you, you need to go to them and try to rectify. Now, there's different ways of doing that. You got to use wisdom. You can't say, are you mad at me? Did I do something wrong to you? And in front of everybody, that's not too wise, I don't think. Amen. But there's ways of bridging gaps and, and trying to navigate through uh, the, the relationship to where you can mend those fences or that, that ought. And it's not just talking about uh, offense against somebody, but it's sin. This is talking about sin. Leave your gift at the altar and take care of business. Make sure that everything is taken care of first. First uh, Peter 3 and 7 says, Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the, the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. Okay? Now, what I want to talk to you about is relationship issues. There are issues that can be uh, uh, in relationships, whether it be a spouse, it could be with a, a family, it could be in the church, it could be at the job, whatever it might be. There are relationship issues that would cause us not to be able to, to, to deal uh, with the, the, or be able to be transparent before the Lord and be able to deal with God, maybe giving the prayer a thumbs up or a thumbs down. See, if our heart's not right, you know, when our prayers aren't answered, then we don't trust him as much. We're a little more offended. We're a little bit taken back because, you know, we have to really make sure that we, we are standing properly before the Lord because we know there's some things in our heart that's not right, or we may not even know because the Bible says it. Who can know the heart? That's why many times I'll pray, I'll say, God, if there'd be anything in my heart that I don't even know about, Bring it to surface, God. Let me see it. Let me be exposed for who I am or what I'm thinking or what's down there. And, Lord, help me to be able to have that pure heart because I don't even know my heart. I really don't even know what's going on down there. But, Lord, when I pray and I seek you and I get into your word, then those things begin to come to surface and I can judge myself for who I really am according to the righteous judgment of the word of God. And I can see me for who I really am. But as we are adopted into God's family, I think that he wants us to work constantly on relationships with our brothers and sisters in Christ, with our husbands, wives, parents, siblings, whatever. We need to, we need to make sure that we work on uh, those relationships. Now, there's a point in praying if we are engaged in ongoing conflict with others. The Word of God says it like this, Romans 12 and 18. says, if it be possible. Now, I'm not teaching on this because of anything at all in the church. Understand, I... There's never been a, a, a time in our church that I feel like we are more unified. So there's no, there's no ulterior uh, words being spoken right now. If there is, it's from the Holy Ghost. It's not come from me. As far as I know, y'all get along real well with one another, okay? Your home life, I pray, I, as far as I know, you're getting along real well at home. But the word is still going to be taught and preached here, right? Romans 12, 18 says, If it be possible, as much as life in you, live peaceably with all men. Now, we are to do our best to live in peace with everyone. See, I just interpreted what that said. That's what, really what it's saying. With everything that's within us. Now, is it possible all the time? No, it's not. There's sometimes you can't be at peace with somebody that's really mad at you or angry or bitter at you. You just can't. You can do your best, but I, good luck with that. You know, in any kind of marriage or relationship, it takes two, doesn't it? One could be the best husband or wife in the world, and the other could be the worst husband or wife in the world. Guess what's going to happen in that marriage? It's going to be lousy because it takes two. 
It really does. So these relationships that I'm talking about, the Bible says with everything that's within you, try to live uh, at peace with them, live peaceably with all men. Now, if a person would rather continue to be in conflict instead of accept your peace offering or your hand of peace, then what our responsibility is this right here. We need to look deep within our own heart. And we need to go, I mean, deep inside of our heart and make sure that we don't have, that we're not part of that problem. Amen? That we can pray for them without our teeth grinding. We can do it with a smile on our face. And we can say from the depths of our heart, God, bless them. Pour out more blessings upon them than you've ever blessed me in my entire life. That's the prayer. That's when you know this has nothing to do with, about, nothing to do with me. I, I like them. I want them to be prosperous. I want them to do well. Then after that point, then God will allow you to stand before him guilt-free. There will be no issues at all, and then you can move on with your life because it's really not about you, right? It's not about you because you've done everything you could to bridge that gap and make that relationship right. And, and understand, this is very important. When we're dealing with families or we're dealing with a, a church family, relationships, are, they are, that's the number one problem. In any kind of church or any kind of family, it's, it's the relationship. It's the ability to be able to communicate and compromise and come to some kind of conclusion that you both agree with. How, any kind of relationships like that. All right, the third reason prayers aren't answered is an uncaring attitude. Proverbs chapter 21 and verse number 13 says, Whoso stoppeth his ears at the cry of the poor, he also shall cry himself, but shall not be heard. That's a sad verse to me. It means that if you can't have compassion for others, and I'm talking about people that can't benefit you, that's not true compassion. That's an investment, you know. I've pastored long enough to where, you know, uh, motives are always exposed at some, some point, you know. Pastor can only, and I've been here a long time, so this could be anybody, anytime. But, you know, pastor, he's not really going to be able to get what I wanted. I can't get what I wanted out of him, so no longer. I, you're no longer my pastor. I'm no longer submitted to you. Or no, I no longer show my love or my support to you because I can't get what I need out of you. Amen? See, that, that has not, that's an uncaring attitude. The, the motives are wrong there. Well, if, if our relationship is about what I can get out of somebody, then that's, that's as shallow as they come. Wouldn't that be terrible if the, the person you're married to right now or the, your best friend that you, you, you have on your mind right now, that they're only your best friend or only their spouse to be able to get something out of you? That there, you know, there's really no uh, uh, love or unconditional love. It's just what can I get from you? See, that, and that, now, of course, we wouldn't want that in our families. We wouldn't want that in a relationship. But the Bible says that if we have that uncaring attitude towards humanity, in general, and we don't care, then there's something wrong there. And that sad part of that verse is that he shall cry himself, but nobody's even going to hear them. In other words, they reap what they sow. If you don't care, if you don't pour yourself into other people, you could be suffering, or you could be by yourself, or you could be on your own, or you could be in need, and nobody hears your, your cry. Now, we as Christians, we still need to reach out to them. But in the principle, he's saying that that's, that's what you reap. You, you reap what you, you sow. So that, that, 
was just a, a very telling verse uh, to me. But the Israelites, they were wondering why God was not answering their prayers. They'd even fasted. They had, I mean, they humbled themselves. They, were, they felt like they, they earned an answer to their prayers. Okay? We, we, that's another trap. We better be very careful that we don't think that we deserve our prayers to be answered because of our goodness. Our goodness isn't good enough. It's not according to what I can accomplish or what I can do. Amen. It's according to his grace and his mercy on what he does for me. And because he loves me, he's going to continue to answer prayers. Let's look at Isaiah chapter 58. I'm uh, kind of winding down here. This is what, the, what God told them through the prophet. He said, uh, they said, the people said, Wherefore have we fasted, say they, and thou seest not? Wherefore have we afflicted our soul, and thou takest no knowledge? And then the Bible said, this is the answer. Behold, in the day of your fast, ye find, ye find pleasure and exact all your labors. Behold, ye fast for strife and debate and to smite with the fist of the wickedness. In other words, the motives aren't right. Ye shall not fast as ye do this day to make your voice to be heard on high. You know, it was all about, kind of all about them. Verse 5 says, Is it such a fast that I have chosen? Is not this the fast that I have chosen to loosen, this is the Lord talking again, to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, and to let the oppressed go free, and that ye break every yoke? Is it not to deal thy bread to the hungry, that thou bring the poor that are cast out to thy house, when thou seest the naked, that thou cover him, and that thou hide not thyself from thine own flesh? Then shall thy light break forth in the morning, and thine health shall spring forth speedily, and thy righteousness shall go before thee. The glory of the Lord shall be thy reward. Then shalt thou call, and the Lord shall answer. Thou shalt cry, and he shall say, Here I am. If thou take away from the midst of thee the yoke, and the putting forth of the finger, and speaking vanity. And so what God is saying here is that he was committed to them developing in a, in, to being a people that had his character, that had his desires, that had his, his regard for humanity. He wanted them to, to be who he was. He had a heart. He knew that, I mean, this is uh, written, you know, in, in Isaiah. This is the Old Testament. But this is coming from a God that already had the plan that he was going to robe himself in flesh and he was going to die for all humanity. Now, he was going to die for people that he could not benefit from. I mean, really, he's God, so he didn't need humanity at all. He was going to die for the poor, the brokenhearted, the people that, that weren't even born yet. This is the kind of God that we serve. Amen? So this is who he wants us to be. So when we do things and we have, we have a desire to help other people, it's not about what I can get. It's not what I can glee, glean from or what I can uh, you know, hoard up. But it's according to the blessings of the Lord, how God has blessed me. God, I want to be a blessing to other people. I want to be able to help people that can't help me. I want to be kind to people that, that, you know, just they don't really, you know, matter in my life. They're not going to alter it one way or the other. But, you know, it's always the will of God to be kind. Amen. It's always the will of God to show compassion to show regard and concern for other people. And I think that this is where God was wanting the, the people of God to know that you're doing this for the wrong reasons. 
You're doing it for the wrong reason. So if you are totally consumed with you and yours, you will mess out on the blessings that God has for you. That will be a hindrance to the answered prayers that you have, you've been offering up to the Lord. Now, if, if all we worry about is taking care of ark, and we forget about those that, you know, are the, the foreign missionaries, or we forget about the home missionaries, or we forget about the people that are cooped up in the nursing home or, or in the hospital being bored stiff or in the prisons, if we forget about them and we go our way, and all we're doing is taking care of, you know, our, our responsibilities and who, who, you know, we are affected by and who can help us or we, we just, we, I mean, it's natural to help somebody you love. It's not even work. It's a natural feeling. But I, I believe that if we as a church body, if we don't open our hearts to the needs of others, then we're going to be judged by the Lord. And that's when the prayers will not be answered. Now, this is the good news right here. I believe that we, we do attend a church that does regard the needs of other people. I've watched it over and over and over again. And I'm talking about from, I mean, I could name Rock-A-Block to all kinds of different things that we do that has nothing to do with me being fulfilled or me getting a, a kick out of doing what I'm doing as far as sacrificing a Saturday or a moment or a time or whatever it might be. I've seen it happen over and over again. And God is pleased by that. I truly believe that's why God has blessed our church, because our motives are right. But I would encourage you that if there is some withdrawal or there's some, you know, not caring that's beginning to creep up on you and you're just, you don't have that, that burden for humanity like you used to have, man, I would encourage you just to get on your knees and say, God, help me to see them as a soul and not just as some person going by the, by the wayside. Lord, help me to understand that they are an eternal soul that I do have an obligation, that I, I've got at least the obligation to reach out to them. Can I, can I change their lives? No, you can't do it on your own. I found out I've been, all week I've been thinking about my cousin. Was there more I could do? And my whole family's just thinking, what else could we do? What else could we have done? You know, and uh, is there more? I don't know. Maybe there was more. But, but what my thing is, is we have to do everything we know to do. We need to reach out. We need to try to help as much as we possibly can. Whether it be a family member or a stranger, Lord, I'm here just to serve the people that I come in contact with every day. And I, I thank God for acts of kindness. I thank God that, that, that his spirit, who he is, his very nature of being compassionate and mercy, merciful to, towards humanity, that it can just shine through us. That we do care. We do have regard for the things of God, but we also have regard for the things of the world. God, I want them to be saved. I, I, I'm concerned about their souls. I'm concerned about their families. Help me, God, to bridge that gap that they can come in. Help me to care more. Amen. And so if you want to see the, the blessings of the Lord in your life continually as they already are, keep showing concern for other people. Have a passion. Have a burden. Have a desire for God to use you and your family. And I believe that God will continue to bless not only your spiritual life as individuals, but your family and also the church. And we'll keep on reaching out. God, we're, we're just going to do what we can do. We're, we're going to keep on reaching out. We're going to keep on growing. We're still going to reach out to those that, that have needs, at least to pray for them, that our paths will cross with them, that we can come in contact with them and, and share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Aren't you thankful for the gospel of Jesus Christ? Praise God. Thank you, Lord.
Thank you, Lord. Amen. We're Sister Andy and I were uh, talking a little bit about Rock-A-Block and some of the things that are coming up. Uh, just, you know, some th- she's got they've got some great ideas on what they're uh, wanting to do. And Brother Joe had talked a little bit about it on Sunday. But it really has to do with caring for our, our community. You know, we sometimes we just have to put down our our desires and our pride and, you know, our little things that we have going on and say, God, we're just going to throw it out there. We're just going to we're going to cast cast our seed out there. We're going to just sow to the wind. And, 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 you know, we don't have a lot of control over it. When you're sowing to the wind, man, that seed can go anywhere, you know. And whenever we do that, God, I'm, this, not, this is not, you know, according to me. It's not something that I've strategized. I just, I just want to sow a whole lot of seed, and I want to tell others about you. And God will bless. Amen.